All right. What is up, everyone? Today, we have another Lure Lab episode. It's a wonderful Saturday morning. Hope people are out getting ready to go to the tournaments as you're launching. Um, we have a really awesome one. Today, we have Brian Smith coming on, who is a Bassmaster Elite Series Touring Pro, and he lives out in California. So we decided to bring him on and talk about the three spring baits that he would use in any situation from coast to coast. So these baits are going to be baits that he believes are the best baits that you can catch bass on anywhere in the country. But I don't want to blabble too much here. So let's get Brian on and get right to the point. What's up, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. I figured we'll chat here for a second before we dive into the episode. How does it feel to be on the Elite Series in two tournaments in already? Oh, dude, it was so crazy. Like, I, I would love, like, I'll, I'll never trade the first two tournaments for anything. I would love to have them back performance-wise. But just, uh, man, I just soaked it all in. And it was, I get to live my dream. You know, I get I finally made it to the dream level. And I was just, you know, I, you roll up and launch your boat in the morning and Larry Nixon's right there. Scott Martin's right next to you at home. And I mean, everybody there. And you, these are all guys you've looked up to your whole life. So, um, yeah, I just soaked it all in. And, uh, you know, I got out of the first two relatively unscathed. But, uh, man, I, I'm right. I'm. I got on the plane and I instantly started thinking about the next one. It, just, it cannot get here any sooner. Yeah. Yeah. You got a nice little break though. So did you, you didn't take the boat home. You left it out in the East in the Southeast. I'm assuming somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, once my boat leaves in, uh, January, February, whenever it is for the start of the season, it doesn't come back till the season's over. Uh, I never, never drive it. gas prices are just too high to to really make that feasible it's a lot easier to just park it somewhere at a buddy's house and jump on a plane yeah it sounds like you need a second boat for back home so you can still get on the water or can you just like, really steal someone else's boat and just go if you want yeah i got a lot of buddies that'll take me out and uh, it was actually funny um getting ready for this show i realized i don't have any tackle here because I, I literally i pack everything up before i leave um everything that i'm going to need and obviously these baits the baits that i was going to talk about they're all in my truck in knoxville right now so i had to go to uh bass pro shops and go grab a few so we can talk about them oh i appreciate your uh <laughs> your willingness to do that. Thanks for doing that. And to all the viewers and real quick too, like if any of these baits that Brian talks about today, um, they're all going to be linked down in the description if they're on Omnia and there's a code in the description so you can save some money on them. So just cool. for viewers there. So I appreciate you doing that so you can show them what you want to talk about. It, it never hurts to have more tackle, right? Like, no, no. I mean, it's going to go, it'll be in my carry on and I'll just put it in into the lineup. Perfect. These are all things that I use all the time, so uh, it works out well. But before we get into bait one, because we're going to go through your top three spring baits to fish in the grass from coast to coast, mm -hmm. I want to bring up like a little post because you mentioned Larry Nixon's name, right? Like I was, I don't remember if it was before Okeechobee or like Seminoles, like day one of one of the events, he literally posted an Instagram post and he goes, it's fun watching all these little kids dump their boats in and forget the drain plug. So I get to watch <laughs> the boat in, pull the boats out. And, it, and I'm just kind of like sub quoting him, but I was like, I looked at that and I started laughing because 
I was like, I remember when I first got my boat and I put it in, I was like, I didn't have the plug to put in. I have like the, yeah. plug, the automatic one. I was like, did I put my drain plug in? So I pulled it back <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I'm a dummy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's but, awesome. I wish I would have seen that video. That's it, funny. It, yeah, I was really laughing at his post. But anyways, let's digress. Let's jump right into it. What is the first bait that you like in the spring from coast to coast? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be the obvious one, but, uh, you know, when I'm fishing around grass, uh, a lot of times you're fishing big, expansive areas. And, and the first two, really all three of them are going to really cater to finding fish in those bigger grass flats, um, drains, stuff like that. We just came from Seminole, so, um, you know, there was a lot of grass involved there. And, and if it would have stayed a little bit cooler, I think that grass, that like hydrilla would have played a lot more. Um, but anyway, my first one, vibrating jig, this is a uh, Strike King Thunder Cricket. You know, you talk about grass fishing, you're going to talk about a, a vibrating jig. And the, the beauty of the bait is that it is so efficient in covering water while you're fishing grass. Um, it comes through the grass so well. It, it's really, I don't know if it was designed for it, but... I mean, it might as well have been because throwing a vibrating jig um, in the grass, it, it's like it's a match made in heaven. It really is. Uh, you know, the way it kind of bogs down in the grass and then you snap your rod, you clear the grass off. That's when you're going to get a lot of your reaction strikes. But uh, you can cast it a mile. I mean, I caught quite a few really good ones in practice on it at Seminole. Uh, but, they, you know, unfortunately, they were just kind of going away for me, from me. But um Early in the spring, man, that's that's my that's my number one bait. Are there like particular colors you like in the Thunder Cricket? Um, I keep all my colors on everything really, really simple. Um, you know, this is uh, just a kind of a bluegill color, green pumpkin, really. Um, but early spring, I'm going to throw three different colors. I'm going to throw a green pumpkin. I'm going to throw a red, like a fire craw, if the you know situation arises and then i'll have a, a white like a shad color if they're if i notice they're feeding on some shad or something like that but i keep it very simple um i don't get too crazy with my colors is there like a specific grass that you like to throw the thunder cricket around or is it just hydrilla yeah any submergent grass is good for it there was um you know hydrilla coontail uh alidea all that stuff's really good it works around emergent grass too um it's not just uh, submergent grass it's just it's just that grass bait. Whenever I'm around grass, I'm going to be grabbing this bait. And before we move on to bait two, can you just kind of break down like a quick synopsis of your setup, like rod, reel, line, a floor, yeah. braid guy, gear ratio on the reel? Yeah. Um, you know, I keep, I keep that pretty standard. You know, uh, a few years ago, the fiberglass rods got really, really popular with vibrating jigs. And the whole thing behind the rod that I use for a vibrating jig is it's designed to not lose the fish. Um, just the way these, these, these baits are built, the way they're designed and the way the fish eat them, they're actually really conducive to losing fish. So um, the rod I use, it's an alpha angler uh, chatterbound and it's a composite rod that actually has a glass tip to it. And what that glass tip does is actually allows those fish to get, you know, you're reeling this bait in on a tight line for the most part. 
So when that fish bites it, you need a little bit of shock absorption so they can get it deeper in their throat. Um, if you have no shock absor absorption in your system, you're going to end up kind of hooking these fish, you know, more near the, the opening of their mouth. You know, they're not going to be hooked as deep. And um, I feel like you end up losing, especially for me, I end up losing a lot of fish if they're, you know, poorly hooked. So alpha angler, chatterbound, 20 pound fluoro. And then uh, another thing that I do a little bit different than all, you know, the standard is I actually use a high speed reel. And I do that for one or eight to one. Uh, it's a seven, four, seven, four to one. Um, and I do that just because of the way they eat the bait sometimes. Uh, if you've ever thrown a vibrating jig, you're going to notice that uh, when they eat it, a lot of times they'll actually swim towards you. And I think it's just because, you know, they're tracking the bait, tracking the bait, tracking the bait, and then they grab it and then they just continue going the same direction, which is going to be the way you're reeling it. So if I have a slower gear ratio reel, a lot of times I don't feel like I can catch up to that fish. Uh, now, you just got to be a little more aware of how fast you're reeling it because early spring, a lot of times the water's going to be a little colder. You do want to reel it a little bit slower. So if you can consciously just slow down your reel, um, the pace of your reeling, and have the high-speed reel when you need it, uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds. That's great advice. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm, I always go back and forth between like a six two, six four to like a seven mm -hmm. four, and it seems like as we move from like midsummer to fall, I really like that seven to four. Yeah, like early yeah. when the water is like a sub fifty five degree, and if I can get them to eat a bladed jig, I really like that six three to one because you can crawl it basically in half. You can. Yeah, but it's the same issue. They always seem to eat it, and they'll put like five feet of slack into you. Yeah, and you're like, oh boy, I got really good. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're on it, you know, you'll you'll be all right. I just I tend to make like to make it a little easier on myself when they bite it, and uh, you know that that higher it just works for me. It's going to be personal preference. Um, you know, there's that's the cool thing about bass fishing is there's never really a right answer. Yeah, um, just reiterate that, right? Like. You have to find what your confidence is, mm -hmm. like even from a bait selection, like there's so many different brands on the market that you have to fish your confidence. We're just helping Absolutely. people give you the little tips to get you going. But let's fast forward. Bait number two. What is Brian's number two bait in the spring? Uh, my number two bait, it's actually somewhat of a new bait. Um, I mean, it's, it's technically a, a really old bait, but it's kind of a new version of the, uh, an older bait. And that is a strength King hybrid hunter. Oh, it's funny. Um, I was like, he's going to say hybrid hunter. I just, had <laughs> literally, I was like, wow, like <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. This thing is cool, man. Uh, it's, I'm going to be using it in a similar scenario to where I'd be using a thunder cricket. Um, finding fish in expansive grass flats, um, drains, you know, creek channels, whatever, wherever the grass is. But the beauty of this bait, um, the way it's designed is it actually runs uh, pretty much like this. It doesn't dive like this. It, it runs like this. And what this allows, let's see if I can center it on the, the bait or on the camera. What it allows it to do is actually come through grass 
really, really well. You would think it's got big old treble hooks hanging off the bottom of it that you'd be stuck in grass the whole time, and it's actually not the case. It comes through grass surprisingly well. Um, I remember the first time I threw it, I'm like, I'm going to be so tired by the end of the day trying to rip this thing out of grass. There's no way this is going to work. And uh, I made like three casts right into the heart of a grass bump, and it just it, it just floats right over it. Uh, but if you, you can hear it super loud. Um, I like to throw really bright colors with this thing. It's kind of, uh, it's just something different. It's just something different. You know, these fish have been vibrated, vibrating jigged to death, if you will. Uh, it's been the hot bait in the past. I, that I like that vibrated to death. <laughs> yeah. With the vibrating jig, man, everybody throws it. It's a great bait. I still throw it, but giving those fish a little bit something different sometimes uh, give them a different look. You'll get some, you'll get some different bites and, and you might be able to trigger a few extra bites. Now that color you're holding up, that's what like chartreuse perch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite colors. A little bit more stained water. It's got the orange belly, kind of a brighter bluegill color. Yeah. It's a great color, but yeah. How, how big is the hybrid hunter? I haven't really given much like research into it. They always look tempting, but I know like they seem to really like do well in that Southeast Texas, Florida region. I wasn't sure how they would do well up here in the Northeast. Could you elaborate on that a little bit too? Yeah. I've caught them. I mean, I've never thrown them in the Northeast, but if you got grass, it, it's going to be a really good option. I've caught them anywhere from Florida to Texas, um, Alabama, caught them on the West Coast, the Delta, Clear Lake. It works in both those places. Um, it's just another grass bait that I think that I have in my arsenal. You know, if the if the situation presents itself, I think it's uh, it's kind of a cool bait to have, and it's. Uh, yeah, something that not a lot of people throw yet, and I think that's really going to change as, as, as more people kind of discover it and discover how good it is in, in those big grass flats and just around grass in general. Tell you this, I'm going to put some in my cart now because like, it's one of those baits that you don't hear talked about much, and then all of a sudden somebody will catch them on in a tournament, mm -hmm. and one guy will hold it up, but everyone else will be holding up like vibrated jigs and traps. Yeah. And go to the yeah. website, Omnia, and you'll be like, wow, all the chatterbaits and traps are gone, but the hybrid hunter is always in stock. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't change for guys that love them <laughs> like you and uh, I think it's like Todd Faircloth. Is he the one that throws it a lot on like the BBT down there in Texas? Yeah, a lot of the Strike King guys throw it. Uh, Castledine, he throws it a lot. Uh, and I totally missed your question before what, how big it is. Uh, it's about two and a half, maybe two and three quarter inches. They make two sizes. Um, this is the regular one, and they make a junior as well, um, which I think I think would work well for smallmouth. Find some right. smallmouth around some grass. Yeah. So you can actually, you can, uh, you can actually kind of adjust it with, with the size of your line. Um, I don't like to go lighter than 15 pound test with it just because, you know, treble hooks around grass, you need to control the fish, but on 15, you can get it down to probably five feet and then I throw it on 20 most of the time and that goes like one to three depending on where I hold my rod if I want it to really dive it down I'll keep my rod tip down closer to the water and if I want to kind of get it over 
top of the grass, I'll just hold my rod up. And you can really control the depth that way with that thing. Is it a chatterbound, the rod of choice? It is. Yeah, yeah. Either that or the uh, Magnum Rebound. Uh, either one of those are good choices for it. Uh, you just need you need that kind of uh, need some. You need that. Rod. Yeah, to get them. Yeah, you need that cranking rod kind of deal. So, uh, but really cool bait. If if any of you guys haven't really seen it or thrown it much, man, just grab one, go chuck it around. It's just like it's it's just like a vibrating jig. Yeah, I can imagine like any shad if they're like maybe even like a shad spawn, it might be something mm-hmm. that plays. Like that's that's a cool deal. I I'm very intrigued. It, it's one of the it few cranks I haven't thrown. So and I'm always like, I gotta get that. And then like that, what's the other yeah. flat side? They just came out the chick magnet, like chick flash. magnet. That's another one yeah. I throw. And I'm like, I gotta get that. <laughs> yeah, that thing's really, really cool around uh, rock and wood, stuff like that. That one's awesome. Now my mind is tailing off. We got to <laughs> So any other things you want to mention about the hybrid hunter before we move on to bait three? No, not really. It's just, uh, man, it's just kind of something you can go back and forth with that vibrating jig hybrid hunter. You can kind of mix it up. Um, you know, where I like to use it sometimes is if I found a school of fish and I got them kind of fired up on a, a vibrating jig, I'll go and, you know, I'll toss that hybrid hunter in after they've kind of cooled off a little bit. And sometimes you can either uh, reignite that school or uh, pick off a few more that you might have meant, you know, not gotten to bite. Mm-hmm. Just great. a different look. That's all it is. Yeah, a little different look. Tricking them to get them to go. I love it. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, what is our final bait that you enjoy throwing from coast to coast that will catch them anywhere you go? Yeah, uh, so we talked about kind of the, I won't call it a deeper grass, but, uh, you know, that more submergent grass, that Eladia, that Hydrilla, kind of those baits that really excel there. Uh, this guy right here, it is a KVD Swim and Shiner, and it's just on a little weighted hook, uh, super line. And uh, this is kind of, the bait that I like to throw to cover a lot of the shallower grass, um, you know, especially if the fish start spawning in the grass. I, I threw this a ton between this and a swimming caffeine chat. I threw this a ton down in Florida over the past couple weeks. And it's just, it's the bait that I'm going to go to, to find those fish in zero to two feet of water. Uh, Is that a braid or a fluorocarbon setup? I like to throw it on braid if I can get away with it, just because I'm going to be throwing it around a lot of heavy cover. Um, great example was at Seminole. Um, I was kind of in the back of a spawning pocket, uh, and I would always start there the first couple uh, every day. And I could actually throw this bait through the holes where I thought they were spawning, you know, whether they were pad holes or uh, they had some primrose too. And, I can kind of trigger those fish that are either spawning or just setting up in the holes in the grass with this bait because I can reel it super, super fast. Um, you see, this is actually a weighted hook on here. I think that's actually really, really important just because of the speed that I reel this bait usually. Um, if you don't have a weighted hook, a lot of times it'll tend to roll and, and you know, it'll come in on its side a lot, but you put a little weight on hook that you like and what like uh, what size hook is it like a four-aught five-aught 
Yeah. So this is a, this isn't the hook that I normally use, but this is what Bass Pro Shops have. Uh, this is a six on, and this happens to be three sixteenths of an ounce. I actually use the hook I prefer is a uh, six on with a eighth ounce, just a little bit. You don't need too much because again, I want this thing to be near the surface. I want it to be kind of waking the surface almost. Um, so just enough to kind of keel that bait, keep it from doing this, you know, kind of rolling on its side. That's all you need. Uh, it helps but it a little better too. It does. It does big time. Um, you know, that's, that's a huge factor too. And, uh, super line, super line, or just a heavier gauge hook, whatever, you know, super line, Gamagatsu version, but, um, you need a heavier gauge hook when you're throwing this with braid just because that you like like brand is it like a hayabusa owner beast the guy yeah i use the it's a hayabusa i don't know what the name of it is to be honest i'm all over the board with all my hooks i just i have like for certain things i got this hook that i know works and this yeah, hook that i know works yeah uh it's a high it's just it looks it's like a mag screw or mag worm or something like that, that yeah that might be it it's the same as this hook so if you take the bait off you can see it's got the little screw lock on it um that style right there it's just the swim weighted swim bait hook um it's the hayabusa version and then like i said it's a six on with the one eighth ounce of weight that's the way i've, I've always done it. it's the way that works really well for me I like it. Now, what is the rod and reel that you're using? You said you're reeling it pretty quick, so probably a 7.4 and 8 to 1 on the reel, but what rod yeah. are you throwing it on? Man, just grab your jig rod. Whatever jig rod you guys have, um, you know, something medium heavy. I, I like something with, you know, a bit of a tip just because with the speed that you're going to be reeling this thing, uh, again, you need kind of a little bit of a shock absorber at the top just to make sure you don't pull it away. You got braid. Uh, I got my drag cinch down. I like to make sure that there's a little bit of give in the system whenever I'm throwing braid. So uh, something with a little bit faster tip and then gets into the backbone just so you're, you can, you're able to control those fish once you do hook them. That sounds like something fun that I need to experiment up here in New York with. Now, it's it's so much fun. It's just it's it's a great way to actually figure out if there's a lot of spawning fishing and wherever you want to fish. Um, a lot they do they do and and a lot of times you know I don't end up hooking them on this setup. Sometimes I do. I'd say it's about fifty fifty, but a lot of times you can end up finding okay. I got bit out of that hole. Let me circle back in 10 minutes and pitch a rage bug into there and boom, you caught the bed fish. You know, great practice bait too, to just like burn and cover water because if you see that flash that missed it by three feet, you're like, aha, mm -hmm. yep. living. Yeah. You know, you circle back and get them later in the derby. So yeah. That, and that's uh, that's my deal, man. That's uh, I, you'll notice all three of these baits, they're they're what I use to cover a lot, a lot of water. I don't like to slow down too much when I don't have to. So yeah, I feel all like, three of these baits. I feel like with grass, it's almost important to cover a ton of water. And then once you get bit, that allows you that ability to slow down and pick it apart because with yes. grass, it's so 
expansive that those fish only live in like one percent of it and as soon as you find mm-hmm. them you can find a bunch so I, I really like that what what drives me nuts is when people go and just flip grass all day that like, you're not getting anywhere like no no practiced and you find that little minute area and you go and flip it that's great but like i'll watch guys on some of the lakes around here they'll start in the south end and eight hours later they've never started the motor and they just flip their whole way to the north end of the lake i'm like how did you catch that three (laughs) (laughs) and you went for it too you worked for it too uh 25 feet yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's just that's not me man i gotta find them first i did actually uh i got kind of a bonus bait if you will um (laughs) yeah it's it's nothing it's nothing mind-blowing or anything like that but talked about three fast moving baits three baits that you can cover some water with um a bait that I always have on, especially in the springtime, um, around grass, just a weightless stick bait. This is a striking Ocho five inch. Um, it's got a little bead guard hook on there. It's a decoy hook. Uh, but hook. Oh, I love that hook. I love that. <laughs> yeah. De- decoy. Actually. I don't talk about decoy all too much. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of people know about decoy, but man, that's, uh, they make a lot of really, really cool hooks. Uh, and like I said, you know, I'm all over the place with hooks, but that, that's my wacky rig hook. But you got to have a bait that once you do find them, you know, you can slow down and pick off a few extra fish. Um, it's something, you know, if I get them to blow up on this guy, on the caffeine chat, a swimming caffeine chat or a swim shiner, get weightless bait right in there. And uh, usually by the time you click your reel over, that line's already swimming off. Before I ask you our last question, which our viewers know the question, but um, why do you think a weightless Sanko, even though everyone throws in, it's probably the most popular bass catching bait like of all time at this point mm-hmm. since like what, 2005 or 2004 when it was like originated. Why does it still just catch them unlike any other bait in your opinion? You know, I, I would love to ask a bass that, but I think uh, my opinion is that it's just, it's as close to perfect in emulating their forage as, as it can get. It's natural, um, it's slow, and uh, it's just a, a, lot of, a lot of it, I think, is just the wiggle on the way down, how it shimmies on the way down. That, that shimmy for whatever reason it triggers something in bass you know it's really attainable to them it's not intrusive um it's never going to go away it's something that's always going to work um you know if like you said if it hasn't if it hasn't stopped working by now it's never going to stop but uh, yeah something about that bait is just it's perfect to a bass that's all there is to it it's awesome silly fish mm-hmm. it, they and, are and it comes back to right like you have to fish your confidence, and everybody has confidence in a Senko. And I feel like if everyone fished the tournament, right, like they made it a one rod, one reel, one line, one bait tournament, I feel like everyone would pick a wacky Senko, and everyone would probably catch five fish. Oh, yeah. Keep oh, yeah. Just because, huh? like, just catch it. Like John Cox, for example. He's like the yep. general master, right? Like, everyone's to watch. He's <laughs> sling around his wacky rig general everywhere they go. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you had to give me 
go even further. If I had to get one bait for a season, it it very well might be a stick bait. Just so I'm always weighing a limit. Yeah, and there's all kinds of things you, you can cut in half, put it on like a net head, or Texas rig it, punch it, or flip it. You could yep. do whatever you want with a five inch, four inch, or six inch stick bait. But Nico if, rig is my favorite way to rig it. Yeah, it's endless. It's endless. It's cool. But before we keep you here too long, Brian, I want to get to our final question of the show, and it's been customized by Do It Molds. And for everyone who's tuned in, if you do love to create and customize your own tackle, I actually think they have a mold and I can double check this. And if they do, I'll put it down in the description, but I do believe they have a mold to make where you can take your own hook that you like and make a welly, a welly, a belly weighted swim bait hook with the screw lock on it. Yeah. But I want to be certain and double check that because I have not made it myself, but the do it molds juice of the show question is, you know, every lake has grass in it. How do you choose a certain bait over another in the spring and have confidence to get bid on it? It's all about efficiency with um, your bait around grass. You know, you don't want to be hung up in the grass all the time. You don't want to be every cast picking grass off of your bait. So um, there's a lot of different baits that you can use around grass, uh, obviously, but uh, it's all about efficiency for me. You know, uh, a vibrating jig like a thunder cricket, it's great around hydrilla, but it's not the best bait around uh, like cattails or uh, reeds. So I changed my bait up to, you know, maybe a swim and shine or something like that, just because grass is catchy, you know, it, it grabs your hooks, it grabs your bait. So I need to be as efficient as possible. And uh, that's what's going to dictate what bait I choose around different types of grass. Awesome. And I'm sure like watercolor and sky conditions really dictate mm -hmm. the color choices of the day as well, I would assume. It does. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I keep my colors simple, but uh, just keep it basic with all that stuff and pick the bait that's going to be the most efficient. And that's, you know, cause grass fishing, you're always just, you're searching for the needle, the needle in the haystack a lot of times. So uh, picking a bait that's the most efficient to figure out where those fish are that day. That's, that's my number one deal. Perfect. Well, thank you, Brian, for coming on. I want to wish you the utmost success the rest of the way through your rookie season. There's what, seven derbies left, I think, for you. Yeah, there's quite a few left. <laughs> we got a big season ahead of us, but I really appreciate it. If you have some free time and you just want to fun fish when you're in New York, and if you make your way to my side of the state, just let me know and maybe we can go out and flip some grass or something somewhere. That'd be awesome. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, we'll chat soon. I'm going to let you run here. I know you have other duties to attend at home. So thank you again for taking this half hour out to join us here on the Lure Lab. And we'll chat with you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Have a good one. You too. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in, as always, to another episode here on the Lure Lab. We hope you enjoyed talking about these three spring baits, three spring baits that Brian Smith likes to use across the country, coast to coast. They will work wherever you go. Find confidence in the bait. Find the colors you like. Keep it simple and catch up all the bass. If you do listen to this episode and you end up catching a bass on a bait that was mentioned here, tag us on your social and we'll repost it on our story. We love 
connecting with all of our viewers and just having a blast catching as many fish as possible. But if you're on YouTube and you thoroughly enjoyed this video, hit the subscribe button down below, throw us a thumbs up, leave a comment of maybe what your top three baits are for the springtime. If you're on MP3, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if there is a review button, please hit it. Leave us a review. It helps this show get shown to more bass heads like you and I who are tuned in. We're bringing this to you guys and ladies every week, just trying to give you as much information as possible from the top pros, your YouTube influencers, everyone who's in the fishing industry. We want to bring their favorite techniques and baits to you. If you want to throw us a DM on Facebook or Instagram on the Serious Angler page in the episodes that you want to see in the future, even do that. We love to hear everyone's opinion. But until next time, we'll see you next Saturday.